Hello and welcome to another episode of Balls and Brew, the flagship sports podcast here on the Morgan You Know Podcast Network. I am your host, Rod Morgan. Hello. This podcast is produced by James Jamriska. Joining me, as always, my co-pilot, my co-host, my ice man, if you will. He looks great in aviator sunglasses, but he does not quite have the hair of the ice man, but he is Chris King. Chris, hello. Hello, Internet. Hey, Rod. How's it going? Uh, you know what? I'm actually happy, right? For South Bend, Indiana residents, there's a lot of folks up here who were shocked this week and not happy. I'm actually happy. We'll get to that soon. But speaking of South Bend, another South Bend resident, our football handicapper, our guy, Josh Williams, coming off a tough Thanksgiving. And I would not be me if I didn't give Williams grief here. He was complaining about not wanting to pick the Thanksgiving Day games. He picked all three Thanksgiving Day games correctly. Mr. Williams, how'd you do on your actual picks, though? Oh, actual picks, you know, 0 and 3, you know, so uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving. Let's go all sweet potatoes and uh, deviled eggs for the win. Absolutely. That brings your record to 18 and 18, which you know is fine. About 500 is okay. We got plenty of time to make money the rest of the season. We will get into week 13 in the NFL soon. But as I teased there at the top in the intro, one Brian Kelly, longest tenured coach, Notre Dame in quite a while, 12 years at the helm, most wins by any Notre Dame football coach, most losses by any Notre Dame football coach as well, and he decided to up and head to Baton Rouge. Mr. Williams, when you first heard the news, what did you think? I was pretty shocked, actually, but, uh, I mean, LSU dropped the bags for him. They dropped some major bags for him, and... uh, I mean, the way he – I understand taking the money and, and Bolton, but it's pretty – it's pretty a, a, just a low point in his uh, Notre Dame tenure, how he left. And, uh, you know, there was assistance uh, on the recruiting trail. I found out, you know, via text, uh, via breaking news, not even through him, and uh, got done with the recruit and felt like, you know, felt like they were – just a jerk to you know that family and who he was who he's trying to to recruit so he could have done it a much better way but you know he kind of snuck out of Cincinnati the same way and there's been some there's been some bad uh some some bad stories about him floating around so yeah just uh just not a great way to to go out what was his uh what was his contract buyout I have no idea what his contract is. Yeah, I thought he was. just signed an extension like maybe a year or two ago. Uh, but see, Chris, that's what I was actually going to go to, right? Is, is related to what you brought up there, right? Like everything about this situation is just dirty and icky, right? And I'm not necessarily trying to 100% blame Brian Kelly here. I'm blaming the whole entire system. Anytime a coach leaves a school and goes to another school, there's just a wake of bodies and, and recruits and bad stories that come out and hurt feelings and you're, you know, you don't even finish out the entire year. I mean, like, Chris, is is there a better way we can do this? Or this is just we, we because there's so much money involved, it's just going to be this ugly every time. Well, you definitely see a pattern of it getting worse. There, are, How many coaches have we already seen leave teams that are bowl bound to go start coaching another team? Like the season's not even over. These guys aren't fired. They shouldn't be leaving their teams until the season's over. For one, recruiting issues, you see it constantly. A guy uh, decommitted from Oklahoma just because uh, Riley went to USC, so you know he's going to go to USC. Um, 
players are going to enter the transfer portal at bigger clips. It's 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 the same reason that I hate the same thing that goes in the pros. Guys leaving in the middle of the year. I just I just wish we could maybe make it where people actually abide by their contracts. He's been what two years into an extension. I know they get bought out, so Notre Dame's not losing any money, but and getting money back, it just it's not a good look. It's not a good look for a coach to leave in the middle of a week, a week a, coaching a team that has a legitimate chance to get into the college football playoff. And we'll get into that. We'll get and, into that. He up and leaves. It's crazy. Yeah, I it's just Mr. Williams, let me let me go to you on this. I wonder if you got a good answer for me here because I think you you like the college football, the college athletics, I think a little bit more than I do. I have an awful tough time squaring anymore what these players have to go through, the sacrifices they have to make, the fact that they're not getting paid and a guy like Brian Williams, Brian Kelly, excuse me, gets the bag as you stated it, right? I mean, I I just I have trouble squaring him getting 95 million dollars and all the other perks along the way to to go down to Louisiana State and then to hear him sit there in a press conference and talk about he's down there for academics. I'm like, come on, Brian. I mean, stop insulting our intelligence here. Yeah, for the record, I love college basketball way more than college football. But uh, yeah, and, and we saw it with Lincoln Riley too. With the USC got him a private jet 24-7, a private jet Lincoln Riley gets. And USC bought, bought both his two houses in Norman for $500,000 more than asking price. So it's just like basically a million dollar bonus. He gets 110 million out there. Um, yeah. Thank God for NIL, the name image and likeness for these, for these students. I don't want to hear anybody complain about a kid transferring ever again um, because these coaches just bolt up and whenever they, you know, whenever they want. So um, yeah, it's, Getting, you know, going full circle, it was just it was just a bad look by Kelly. I understand why he took the money, but you don't you don't have to be a dick about it. Just you know, just say hey, I got a better offer. Uh, you know, I enjoyed my time at Notre Dame, and you know, uh, you know, and leave leave the program the right way and have a proper meeting with all your with all your students, with all your with all your players and, and all your assistants. And oh, you mean maybe spend more than you know, eleven minutes back on campus when you fly back in on LSU's dime on a private jet. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, listen, give, he had I, seniors I, on that team that have, you know, given up blood, sweat, and tears for this man for four or five years, and they've. What kind of lesson is that teaching these young boys? The wrong one. These young boys. These young boys. No, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. Here, I'll, I'll say this. I'm going to tread very, very lightly here, okay? But I live in South Bend. I've had an occasion to run into quite a few people who work in Notre Dame University, hang around Notre Dame University, all of the above, have a chance to run into a lot of people associated with Notre Dame athletics throughout different things here in the community, right? What you will hear all the time is glowing, glowing, glowing praise for Mike Bray. What you absolutely never hear is anybody associated with Notre Dame or the Notre Dame community that has had to deal with Brian Kelly say, oh, you know what, man? He was a great guy. I really enjoyed spending my time with Brian Kelly and I came away from it a better person. That absolutely never happens. So the bottom line for me is I'm fine. Brian, you were a decent enough football coach for Notre Dame. We were pretty bad when you came. You gave us a couple of shots. I can't deny that, but I am so not sad to see you go. Go enjoy yourself down in Baton Rouge. You're going to get eaten alive in the SEC. 
and you're gonna you're maybe gonna have an embolism because you're gonna be completely purple faced all the time with your angry little leprechaun self. Goodbye, dude. This football show is turning into me either ranting about Brian Kelly or Carson Wentz, and it's just getting out of control. So let's uh let's do what we promised and uh, run down Notre Dame's chances of getting into the playoff. It sounds as if Georgia has the best chance to to get in, even if they lose. It sounds like they're basically in. Is that correct, Chris? Yeah, so Georgia's going to be in. They're 12 and 0. They're in the SEC. Even if they lose to Alabama, they're not going to drop past three, maybe four, maybe. Um, they did put Notre Dame at number six. Uh, the chair for the uh, playoff committee actually admitted, it's like, yeah, Brian Kelly leaving impacted their ranking. And so they probably would have been ahead of Oklahoma State had Kelly stayed. So they got four teams in front of them that they need two of them to lose. That's either Michigan against Iowa. They need Alabama to lose to Georgia. Cincinnati could lose to Houston, or they need Baylor to beat Oklahoma State. They need two of those things to happen, and then they can squeak up to number four. All right, Mr. Williams, let's go to you, the handicapper. Which of those two do you think have the best chance of happening? I think Georgia's going to beat Bama, and then – Man, unfortunately, I, d- I don't see any of those other three happening. Really? You don't think there's a chance Harbaugh could choke it up and lose to the Hawkeyes? See, what hurts Notre Dame there is that Wisconsin lost last week or else they would have been playing Michigan. I would have liked Wisconsin's chances a lot better than Mich- or a lot better than Iowa. Iowa just can't move the ball. They just Their offense is like looking at burnt toast. I mean, uh, <laughs> just they're pretty vanilla. And even I, I, I thought that there could be a letdown for Michigan, but after like digging, digging deep into some metrics, and I just don't see it with Iowa. Uh, and is, is is Kelvin Sampson the coach of Houston, or is that, or is he just the the basketball coach? I don't know anything about Houston football. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just a basketball coach. Uh, I don't, I don't see how Houston's going to score points on Cincinnati either. Um, so, I would say the most likely is Baylor upsetting Oklahoma State. But then again, that that's another tough matchup for Baylor too. So, unfortunately, I don't see many upsets happening because uh, Georgia is actually a six six and a half point favorite over Bama. So, yeah, unfortunately, I think Notre Dame is going to be uh, left out of the playoffs. So, you think it's going to end up being Georgia, Cincinnati, Michigan, and Oklahoma State? Yes, I think they'll keep Michigan at two. Cincinnati will move probably will move up to three, and then. Uh, Oklahoma State would be at four. And so then Alabama would just drop out of the top four at least with two losses. They might even still be ahead of Notre Dame, though. Who knows? Yeah, possibly. It d- depends on how bad that uh, that Georgia game is on uh, on Saturday. All right, there we go. All right, Chris, that was that was Williams, our handicapper's thought. What do you what do you think? I know you're a bit of a Notre Dame fan. What do you think is going to happen? I, I, I think Georgia's going to be Alabama. I, I think Michigan will be Iowa. Um, the two – other games, I still think are kind of a toss-up. Houston's not a slouch. They're a ranked team. They're eleven and one. They can they can play some ball. Um, I do. They Cincinnati has a great defense. It's going to be tough, but I think Houston can score. Um, and yeah, if I was Oklahoma State, I would be scared of Baylor. They got a lot of guys on that on that team that can just outperform just about anybody else. And I know they got a couple losses this year, but they're still in the top ten. That's a tough game. I think those two games are legitimately toss-ups all right well there we go we're all notre dame fans are going to be on the edge of their seat 
waiting to see what happens with that. And then uh, I guess is it has it been made official? Is Marcus Freeman the next head coach at Notre Dame? It was still I still sort of seemed unclear to me. I was seeing a bunch of reports, but then I didn't hear the official thing from the university yet. I've only seen reports. I haven't seen a university statement, but everything seems to point in that direction. I think it's a. I think this is the right thing to do. Mr. Williams, what do you got? Do you th- have you seen official word, or is it still just people are reporting? I have not seen official official, but from what I've heard, it's almost a done deal. So, uh, yeah, a lot of the players love him, seem to respect him, and he's a really good recruiter. And uh, an interesting side note here: What if the Bears go after Ryan Day? At the end of the year, one of the best play callers in college football, that leaves an opening for Ohio State. Marcus Freeman is an alum of Ohio State. So the coaching carousel still isn't even over yet. Even though they just signed him or they're going to sign him, I can already see you know controversy or drama happening in the future. So uh, what's a better job, Notre Dame or Ohio State? I don't know. Maybe that's a whole other podcast. That is probably a whole other podcast, but say hello to Coach Tommy Reese, I guess, at that point, if what you just said uh, happened at that point. So, uh, a guy who was only quarterback for Notre Dame, what, like five years ago? <laughs> I'd be the head coach. That'd be wild. That would be wild. Yeah. That's what this team run is going to be about. Competing, getting after it with mental and physical toughness, and being the best in the country in what we do. So are we ready to do that? Yes, sir. All right, so what I'm going to do now, okay, because you're brand new – Head football coach! All right, let's move on to where our bread is buttered here on Balls and Brew. More often than when we talk college, the pro game. We will start with a uh, a very ugly football game that I hope is not on in the local market here. But uh, let's get some uh, let's get some talk about it, so maybe we can win some money gambling wise. And that'd be the Steelers v Ravens. The Ravens just can't score right now, and the Steelers are ugly. Steelers are ugly. We took them two weeks ago in the classic Tomlin rah rah spot. <laughs> he ended up covering. We're gonna do it again. The Tomlin rah rah spot. No one is going to bet Pittsburgh. Uh, I'll take the Steelers plus four and a half. Look, these Ravens Steelers games are traditionally super close. The last 26 games split right down the middle, 13 and 13. The average margin of victory is only one point, and 20 of the 26 decided by one possession. 17 of those decided by four points or less. Um, and when any uh, one of these two teams, when playing each other, are favored by more than three points, the favorite has gone one thirteen and two against the spread. Uh, and Steelers are zero and eight without Hayden. He should be back for this game, Joe Hayden, uh, since they acquired him. But then uh, Tomlin, thirty-five sixteen and two as a dog. He's twelve three and two as a home dog. And then teams failing to cover by 28-plus points the previous week, which the Steelers were, they got blown out last week, are 120, 75, and 6 since 2003. That's 61%. And then Lamar has it. Lamar has the Tomlin rah rah spot. I love this. We should definitely yeah. start having this be a thing, right? Like when you just like we go, all right, we're going, we're going rah rah. Like we need like a sound effect for it, something. I love it. <laughs> and Lamar hasn't played good against the Steelers in his career. He has the lowest QB grade versus the Steelers out of any other team in the league. He's played, I think, four full games. He's got three touchdowns, five picks, and five fumbles against the Steelers. 
Uh, and the Ravens are the third team since 1985 to have five fourth quarter comebacks in their first 10 games. So translation, they've been super fortunate. And uh, so, and if, if you want to wait on this game, uh, the line should be going up. I think more public money will be coming in on, on Baltimore. Cause like I said, nobody's going to want to bet the Steelers. They've been looking terrible lately. I get it, but we're just going by the model. We're going by the Tomlin uh, rah, rah spot. So let's go, let's take the Steelers plus four and a half. If you wait all the way to the Sunday, this could go up to five, maybe even five and a half. All right, there you go. Advice is to wait, and then my advice is to not watch this game and just bet on it. Chris, do you have a, a take on the Steelers-Ravens before we move on? I think the Ravens win, but it's going to be close. I, so I agree with Williams. I think the Steelers All right, there we go. We got an half. agreement with both Chris and Williams, which means you may want to fade them. I don't know. I'm not even entirely sure what our stats are when those two guys agree on a pick. But let's move on to the Sunday night football game. The Denver Broncos taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, who are flying high on a bit of a win streak. Who's quarterbacking for the Broncos? Yeah, you know it. It's Teddy KGB. Uh, and the NFL, if, if somebody's looking at their schedule here and saying, wait, this isn't Sunday Night Football. Yes, it is, because the NFL said enough with Pete Carroll. Get him off my TV screen. Thank you. Thank you, NFL. And so they flex this game in, Denver KC. Uh, let's, I'll, I'm taking Denver plus nine and a half Teddy, two gloves. He's 26 and nine against the spread as a dog. He's 24 and four against the spread on the road. He's 20 and five as a road dog against the spread. That's 80% road dog over a field goal. He's 15 and two, 88%. And he's nine and one against the spread as a dog of seven points or more. You sly devil, Williams, I see what you're doing here. We're week 13, and you are just banging the drum of our tried and truisms here. You've been talking Teddy Two Gloves for years, how he's a monster against the spread, and you've also been talking the Tomlin Ra Ra spot. I love this out of you. This is how you bounce back after an 0-3 week. <laughs> Let's hope so. It, this this may sound like a made-up stat, but Teddy, <laughs> Teddy Two Gloves is second in the whole league in EPA+. plus completion percentage over expectation composite that's a whole lot of metrics but basically he's only trailing kyler murray in in those quarterback metrics look i get it the chiefs d is better but it's still not a great d spags likes to blitz for for kc but teddy has been great versus the blitz this year and the broncos secondary uh, more specifically their safeties can play this deep shell d that has caused problems for this kansas city passing attack uh, Broncos red zone D last year first Broncos red zone D two years ago first Broncos red zone D this year top 10 so they have the ability to make KC kick field goals once they get in the red zone and uh, and since the middle of the year last year including the postseason the Chiefs are 2-13 and 13 against the spread as a fave over a field goal including 0-8 as a fave of more than seven points wow wow yeah. I never would have guessed something like that that's a great stat since 2003, also, home division favorites laying more than seven points are 87, 112, and 8 against the spread. So that's only 43.7%. That's uh, what the Chiefs are doing this this uh, this Sunday night. So, look, this Denver team, they can run the ball. They have a QB who doesn't turn the ball over, and they have a good red zone, red zone defense with a good secondary. This team was built to play up and play tight games versus Kansas City. So I'll take I'll gladly take the 9.5 points. Uh, against KC. 
Absolutely. I'd love nine and a half points. I'm I'm all about your first two picks this week, Mr. Williams. Usually I'm a big fan of trying to blow some smoke your way and try to get you to change. And sometimes I've been proven right. So who knows? Maybe this is a bad sign for you. Chris, what do you think about that one? Um, I'm actually going to go against that. I think the Chiefs win. I think they win wow. by double digits. They won four in a row. They're playing like the Chiefs of the last two years. And, and I'm going to throw a little bit of stats at you why I think this is going to be a double-digit blowout. Third down uh, completion percentage for the Chiefs, first in the NFL, over 50%, 51.5, whereas the Broncos' third down defense, 28th in the league. Really? That does not bode well. I find that interesting because the Broncos basically have rested their hat on defense all year long. That's a that's That's an interesting stat. All right, let's go to the final pick. We did Sunday night. Let's move on to uh, Monday night. And is there going to be the uh, are the Manning boys going to be back on the air for this Monday night game? Yes, they are. Excellent. All right. Well, we got the Bills v Patriots. Uh, sneaky sort of battle for the division here, Mr. Williams. The Patriots have just been uh, sneaking up. If only somebody on this podcast would have said that they were just going to continue to run the tables on the AFC. Yep, said it before the season. I thought the Patriots were going to make the, <laughs> going to make the playoffs. Uh, I think you guys came around a little bit later, but hey, that's it's all right. We got, still got time. Uh, I'm t- I'm taking the Patriots. Uh, it's at two and a half on on a lot of different sites, but actually, I found it at plus three on BetMGM. Um, so hopefully, when you're listening to this, you can still find it at plus three. Look, Buffalo was built to beat Kansas City and Tampa Bay with how good they're they are versus wide receivers a team they don't match up well with, the New England Patriots. Why? Because when, when the league zigs, the Patriots zag. Buffalo pass D, first DVOA, second in yards allowed per pass. The Pats don't care about that. The Pats will just run it for a majority of the game. And the Pats run offense, top 10 DVOA with Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. The Bills also want to chuck it around the, game, uh, chuck it around the field 45 times a game. The Pats, second in DVOA pass defense, third in yards allowed per pass. I heard eighty percent chance of snow that night as well. Yeah, and there's some that are that are pointing that as a negative towards New, New England because of Mac Jones' uh, arm strength. But I I look at that as a positive Boy, that, for New England. That's against the Bills, man. They want to go yeah. deep to digs. Yeah, and they want to pass a lot, and and New England's fine with with keeping the game on the ground and and going play action to tight ends. So. Yeah, and listen, I always want to follow the money more so than than the ticket count. And uh, so far from what I've found, 72% of the money, the money is on New England here. So um, I'll take the Pats plus three on Monday night. Listen, you've also said that a pretty good axiom is that, you know, it's never a bad idea going with Bill Belichick. The guy's got a proven track record. I mean, I love these 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 stocking horses, to borrow an old phrase, that you are riding for your three picks this week, Mr. Williams. Kudos to you. Mr. King, let's go over to you and get your props for the week. Your record for the year stands at what? I am at a lowly 12 and 16. Oh, my goodness. We need, uh, we need to turn it around here. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that uh, I got the picks for that this week. I'm hoping to go 3-0, so we'll see what All we All right, go. give us your first one. Um, okay, this is going to uh, Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm going to go – I mean, I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game. I'm a little bit nervous about Matt Ryan, but I'm going to go Kyle Pitts. He has 
proven himself to me. I'm going to take the over at 56 and a half receiving yards. I think he's the one guy that will get open for uh, death. Ryan. That's death. You do not and... want to be on the Kyle Pitts train, my friend. I have him in fantasy. <laughs> you don't want this. You don't want this smoke. Yep, I, I, I'm probably right. I did it earlier this year, and I took an under on him, and I lost that horribly, so chances are I'll lose this one horribly. But you can find that at negative 110 and bet 365. What do you got for two? Um, the second one, I know Williams is not allowed to uh, do any picks in the San Francisco game, but I'm taking a prop from the Seattle-San Fran game. Uh, Russell Williams. Or Russell, Russell Wilson, Williams. <laughs> under. <laughs> My long lost Under brother. 229 and a half passing yards. And you can find that at minus 110 at bet 360. You know what? I should almost not let you pick this so. prop. You shouldn't be able to pick any kind of a bet out of the game that got booted out of the Sunday night football game. Come on. <laughs> and listen, there are real issues in Seattle, and Wilson has not looked right since he came back from that injury. Oh, you mean maybe it wasn't so, a good idea to rehab 19 hours a day? Yeah, that that could have been an issue. Oh my goodness, Mr. Williams, are we are we seeing the last of Pete Carroll? I, I'm throwing a complete curveball at you here. Are we seeing the last of Pete Carroll? Oh God, I hope so. You know, there's a lot of rumors coming out of Seattle that no matter what happens the rest of the year, that Russ is gone, that he's he's out of there. So uh, we'll see, man. So I, we're gonna I, have Russ and Aaron Rodgers are gonna be shopped around to whatever ready-made team is ready for him. Is that really gonna happen this off-season? I mean, how how would how excited are our fans going to be in Carolina and New Orleans, even even Pittsburgh? You know, I could see one of those one of those guys landing uh, somewhere somewhere in one of those three teams. So yeah, it's going to be see, very interesting. You guys wonder, you guys wonder why I'm so bummed out about the Carson Wentz situation. This is exactly why, okay? Because we've hitched our wagon to this guy. We can't be in the sweepstakes for either Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, think about think about Bears fans too. I know everybody everybody thinks that Fields is is the future, but like, let's just let's just ask this: What if he's not? You know, the Bears have no chance to get Russ because they just drafted Fields. So, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's at least your team is in the playoff race. You know, barely, barely. We're holding on. We're holding on. I was ready to get on the bandwagon last week, and then they lost to Tom Brady. Because why? The Colts always lose to Tom Brady. I should have known that was going to happen. Gosh, that guy's been killing me for years. Manning's retired in the Hall of Fame, and Tom Brady's still beating the Colts. All right, Chris, give us your final prop before I go completely insane over here. Okay, uh, this is going to go to a another uh, West Coast team traveling to uh, Eastern Eastern Standard Time early game. Bengals versus the Chargers. I'm going to take Joe Burrow over 245 and a half passing yards, minus 125 at Bet MGM. Uh, Burrow's starting to turn me into a believer. I'm already a believer in Jamar Chase. I think he gets. I'm sorry. Did over you say? Did you say believer? Is that? I don't know what this has to do with Justin Bieber. Be- believer. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Bengals are legit. They're in the playoffs right now. They're playing real well. Bro, to Chase is is a deep, deep threat every single game. They're playing real well. I might push back a little bit against real well. They're definitely in the hunt. I'm not sure anybody in the AFC is playing real well. That's why everybody's in the hunt. 
Yeah, you're probably right about that. There's a lot of six and five, six and six teams in the AFC. Yeah, I tuned into uh, an episode of uh, Hard Knocks, though, with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I tuned into about uh, 10 minutes, and it happened to be the uh, 10 minutes where they were just absolutely laying waste to the Bills. And I was kind of like, you know what? That's it. That's the only 10 minutes of the show that I need. That's probably the best the 10 minutes of Hard Knocks about the Colts end of this season is going to get. That absolute domination of the Bills and the five touchdowns to Jonathan Jonathan Taylor Thomas, is, uh, as the Mrs. Morgan, you know, likes to call him. All right, so uh, Williams, I think uh, Mr. King's just made your ears perk up a little bit there because I think that last game he mentioned was another one you wanted to talk to us about, wasn't it? Yeah, let's go outright upset pick of the week. I'm going against Chris here. I'm going to take the Chargers plus 140. You can find that on DK. The last two games have been weird for Cincinnati. So week 11, just 4.1 yards per play versus Vegas, they were outgained by 1.8 in that game. They actually won that game by 29 points and just 5.7 uh, yards per play and 0.5 per play better versus Pittsburgh. They won that game by 31 points. Burrow has been under 200 yards passing the last two games. And since he has played a soft schedule of op- opposing offenses, now they get their top tests in the Chargers. Um, yeah, the Bengals, Bengals have played a bottom five schedule of offenses. Uh, and the, the Chargers, pre-buy, they were 25th in expected points added on first and second downs. Remember, we were, we were saying that Staley hopefully gets that situated with Lombardi. And after the buy, uh, they are third in that same category. So they have done a lot better. Uh, and the schedule has even been tougher post-buy. So, and they're, they're still awesome on third and fourth down conversion rates as well. So, uh, remember, this Bengals team lost to the Bears. They almost lost at home to Jacksonville. They got trucked at home versus Cleveland. They lost to the Jets. Uh, they got bailed out versus Minnesota by the rest with that Dalvin Cook fumble ruling. You know, this is a step up facing the Chargers, though. Uh, the Bengals have played two really good offenses this year, Green Bay and Cleveland. They lost to both of them and the Chargers are a better offense than both those two statistically. So I'm going to take the Chargers uh, outright win over Cincinnati. All right, you mentioned a team in there as one of the teams that uh, that has played uh, well. You mentioned the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to go Jacksonville getting 12.5 versus the Rams. Clearly the Rams are a better football team, but I don't know, man. Something kind of stinks in Los Angeles right now. You got some guys out that maybe they needed to rely on more than we thought. We got Odell Beckham, who just clearly is a bit of a cancer. That doesn't seem to be doing anything right now. Matt Stafford seems to be way, way dinged up and not doing what he was doing at the beginning of the year. And trust me, I noticed because he's my fantasy quarterback. So give me... Urban Meyer to shut up all the haters who are talking about him maybe getting back into the college scene and getting a big win over the Rams. How about that? That's crazy. That's a real upset, not this Bengals Chargers garbage that Williams is giving you. Are you saying the Jags will outright win or just cover the 13? Uh, I think the Jags will probably cover the spread, but why not? I've said they'll outright win every time I pick one of these because I go balls to the wall. So why not? Jags are going to beat them by 14. That's that's oh, wow. plus four sixty on DraftKings. If anybody wants to tail you, the money line Jags plus four sixty. Let's go. Absolutely, man. Hey, listen, the Jags play the Jags play tough, man. Those guys down there got nothing to play for other than being able to stick it to the Rams. You know what I mean? Like they got nothing else going for them other than that. Why not? Why not? And remember that it was this time about last year when the Jets went out to L.A. and upset the Rams. The Rams were like a 16 and a half point favorite and everybody was on the Rams. 
cost a lot of people their survivor pools last year. <laughs> so if the Jets could do it, maybe the Jags can do it. Do it. I don't know. There we go. All right. I love it. I loved having another episode of Balls and Brew for the people. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much to Mr. Jam Riska for producing. Thanks to Chris and Williams for coming along for the ride. And do not forget that we will have a episode of Yeah, We Know in the ring with Jimmy and Rod coming out next week. We'll do some wrestling talk for you there. And I believe the Mrs. Morgan You Know and I are working on a television project that will be coming out for the Morgan You Know. It's been a little while pop culture-wise. We're going to come out with a little holiday treat for everybody. It's not holidays, but you know it's a treat in that we haven't done an episode for a while. So be on the lookout for that one other than that keep uh, having fun out there keep listening to mr king you get the final word goodbye internet